0: Hello and welcome to Comic Book Herald's Cree Anitators. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. Today, I'm excited to be joined here by Nick Roach. We are going to talk about... Scaranthood four issue series from IDW with a tease for more to come here in the future. Scaranthood is one of my favorites of late 2020 into 2021. We've got it over on the Comic Book Herald Best of 2021 so far. You can find it there with it. We'll include a link in the show notes, of course. But Nick uh, has an, a very interesting comics background working on. Transformers sins of the wreckers the Wreckers Saga and now coming into scahood which is a kind of a horror mystery but from the focus of a bunch of parents trying to explore it while taking their their toddlers essentially to daycare Nick thanks so much for joining how did scaenthood get started and perhaps more more relevantly like where in the parenting life cycle were you when you started uh this book because it's a very parent focused uh it ta- is
1: I- I, I had the idea but I didn't have any kids and then i I told my wife that i we would have to conceive to, in order to do the research <laughs> and also and, and and also to see if the kids that we would be blessed with would possibly be tax um deductible as as a kind of a business expense uh, no odd. i, I yeah. we, we were no we were we had so like I'm, I'm a comic book artist and writer and I have been for for a few years and that means that I don't have any real connection like with the outside world and so when people say write about what you know i'm like people don't want to read a comic about a transformers artist and then i I, you know my 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 group of friends have been the same since i was in my teens and 20s and you know you meet new people at comic conventions but you know are they really your friends they're rivals um and so (laughs) when i when my, my little girl was about two she's you know she's nearly eight now but when she was two we start taking her to like daycare taking her to preschool, and you find yourself that you're forced to interact with other adults, and that kind of you know freaked me out. And you know my little girl was way better at interacting with all these new faces than I was with these other people in the yard that I had nothing in common with. And and them with me, I mean, like you know what, what what interesting things have I got to talk about? You know, kind mm-hmm. of uh, you know by, by my, my 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 Photoshop settings, um, so. We, you know you, you fall into like this kind of patter of small talk and house prices and well, where's good for coffee and stuff like that and, you know and you know there's a, there's a new village fair on the green on the weekend and uh and then i kind of you know this isn't what we used to talk about when we were younger we used to you know kind of have more exciting lives and stuff it didn't used to be about kind of just the mundanity of you know organizing a household and i was like what would be a cooler thing to be doing and my brain went to uh, ghost hunting and so mm-hmm. i kind of at the idea of like you know, what if instead of going for coffee, or you know, um, you know, going off to yoga with some of the parents, like once you drop the kids off to school, what if you know we uncovered a mystery uh, about like a kind of a, a kind of a pagan pact with uh, the Catholic Church to keep a demon at bay, and mm-hmm. that demon is housed underneath the, the the kids' play school, you know? So you, know, but I think most people have this thought, Dave. I just uh, I just acted on it. right we've all been in
0: that situation yeah yeah you just drafted a story out of it yeah no that's awesome well i love that context i love that backdrop too because i think like when you have you know the scooby-doo mystery or or you've referenced like stranger things as kind Hmm. of a you know a quick pitch elevator pitch kind of like comparison you know it's all it's the kids right it's the teens that get to solve the mysteries like you you actually rarely get to see it from the perspective of just kind of like the parents trying to figure out, like they're trying to solve this mystery, yes, but they're also just like trying to figure out, wait, what do I do with a two and three year old? Like, this yeah, is really yeah, yeah. hard what and there's no now? instruction
1: manual. Yeah. exactly. You know, and it, yeah, it's interesting because when it's those teens in those stories, you know, kind of go off on these adventures, it always used to even bug me as a kid. It was like, well, if I went off with my friends on a bike through the woods, I'd be wondering what my mom and dad think the whole time. And, you know, I would have, <laughs> yeah. even as a kid, I would have had that sense of, I've got to be somewhere else. Or I'll be in yeah. trouble. and uh, But definitely when there's kids relying on you, you you know, you can't, you know, you've you got to be back to pick up the kids, drop them off. So, you know, so, yeah, it's, I, I think kind of your site, and, you know, by the way, thanks to Comic Book Carol for the kind words you guys have been, you know, giving us and stuff. It's been really lovely to see, yeah, you know, yeah, supporting totally. the book and stuff. But it's a, um, I I don't think I realized that, yeah, it is kind of a big deal that in this story, it's the kind of the parents, the people who are kind of, past their pride or at least not the people who you normally see as the or the, yeah, the protagonists in, in these stories. I don't, I don't think I realized just what a big deal or what a kind of a, a, a switch that was. Um, but yeah, I, I think the characters in the book definitely feel that way, feeling a bit like that's why they jump on the, on the adventure so quickly because they figure, oh, well th- these days are behind us. These kind of carefree days of just kind of jumping right. on an idea and going, let's follow this idea of being able to be spontaneous are gone. And so when, when when this thing presents itself even though it is like you know a haunting and kind of possession and all that sort of stuff just the fact that it kind of gets them out of the routine you know and also the, yeah. they're all very privileged kind of characters that they can do that you know like it's kind of one of the characters you know is letting his work fall apart as a result of it like his, his day job but the other kind of characters like Flynn Jen and Sinead are, seem to be comfortable enough to they can just spaff away their mornings if they wanted to, you know? So right. it's. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Corm- Cormac's in a slightly trickier position. That's why he's got a little more to lose in, in, in that context throughout the story. Is he not only is he kind of inadvertently neglecting his family, he's like letting his kind of uh, his his business kind of go to waste a little bit as well. So. Sure. Right. No, one nothing- affects the other.
0: Yeah, no, it's 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 pretty charming, actually, I think, with the cast of characters, where it's like, they kind of just all have the time. <laughs> like They're like, oh, ghost hunting, sure. Whereas now, you'd be like, no, yeah. I have to, like, everyone would be like, I have to get back to work. I have yeah. 75 other things to do, yeah. <laughs> you know? But this, gr- this group is just like, oh, yeah, let's check yeah. it out, um, which is so, pretty charming. Uh, yeah,
1: it's just, I mean, if, if people ask me, you know, or, you know, if we get to do more, I would explore maybe the whys a little, because I do feel like it should explain each person's domestic situation, because otherwise it's a bit, like, Oh yeah, you all just like rich in Ireland? I'm like well, yes we are. Uh but no, we're not. Uh, it's, it's 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 a yeah, it's just that they're 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 a lucky dynamic lucky group of people. But then that's it like with Jen for example, she she mentions in it that her husband has kind of got got his high paying job working on the oil rigs. Uh and it means that she's kind of, you know, lives in like a life of luxury where she doesn't have to do anything but she's got that itch where she's like uh, you know, I thought this is what I wanted, but it isn't. And, and so that's why she's very much likes the touch paper when it comes to like breaking and entering or like, let, let's go do this. You know, she she's she likes to instigate uh, kind of the events to sort of just break herself out of the routine. She, I don't think she cares whether there's a ghost or not. She's just like yeah. just anything to sort of kind of shake it up.
0: Yeah, for sure, and that that obviously is a relatable and, and sort of understood yeah. I mean, character yeah. motivation. What what are your other inspirations for the cast of characters? Because they're very fun. Um, are they are they based on people in your lives? Are they sort of like uh, exaggerations of like people you've encountered in these you know little like daycare kind of like setting groups?
1: Like where do they come Ye- from? Yes, to all of them. Uh, it's a, yeah, yeah, I mean, they're all they're all you know unique enough characters at, in as much as they've all got their kind of faults, and so I like to sort of. Own the character's faults would probably come from me, you know, like kind of Flynn. is like a bullshitter, and I don't think I'm that, but I think uh, I maybe enjoy attention, and so I can see why he would spin all these nonsense yarns to so so he can be the focus, and he likes to be entertaining and things like that. Yeah, I, you know, I've, I've, I feel Jen's frustration, uh, and then but like equally like Cormac, I I can be a bit. Uh, kind of uh, myopic with my tasks and, you know, can say to my kids, but I can't hang out with you. I've got to work, you know, and and sure. that can be its own, like, damaging thing. But, yeah, there's definitely, like, yeah, there's definitely characters that are maybe former family members yeah. and <laughs> are, are, are thankfully I'm not seated next to them at weddings anymore. And yeah. um, and then, yeah, it, it's, it's weird. They are kind of a little bit based, a little bit – on friends of mine not exactly but just kind of oh i think this character could react this way and it would be believable because so one of my friends would do that too but it's weird in the last two years so we've kind of moved to like a, a new area and we've kind of formed like i had to form a whole new social group and whereas when i was yeah. writing scared two or three years ago i was maybe a little bit um skeptical about the connections that one makes in the schoolyard uh but in the last two years i've have actually clicked with a group of friends in the schoolyard and we sure yeah them but the thing about him is i could tell I, I can spot out like the kind of the, the three people I hang out with i can spot the flinno i can spot the jen i can spot the sinead the one who likes to rib others and kind of sort of like get them to say stupid things for her own amusement and yeah and again so that it almost seems like i've kind of willed scarewd into, into being in my own life without <laughs> again the the, the
0: the child abduction and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. That's so
1: good.
0: far, I, right? <laughs> right <laughs> knock on wood. Who no, what twenty twenty one holds
1: for Dave? <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's been a while for years. So yes. I, yeah, for sure. Um, it, the the anxiety and the fears of parenting, like they manifest as literal, like decades in the making, supernatural um kind of haunting right there's a haunted town there's this haunted daycare you know under Mm -hmm. the stage kind of thing like you mentioned at the start like there's this there's this pagan uh like um, kind of like druid uh, like fairies and spiritual forces but then it kind of combines with like the catholic church coming in and trying to stop that what why that particular focus uh it you really ground sort of the the ghost part of it in like no it's specifically these things as opposed to just like it's a general ghost like what was your interest there in in sort of defining the haunting
1: I, I don't know, because as a consumer, I would be quite happy if it was just a ghost. You know, I mean, I'm happy with stories where it's like, ooh, it's ghosty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and you know, if you've got to believe that uh, within the story that, like, supernatural things can happen, that what else do you need to know? Ghosts are a thing. But, well, yeah, when it came to kind of creating it, I kind of needed, felt like I needed to know what, where is the ghost? Why is the ghost? And... Um, Kind of as a in my earlier years, my younger years, I was never that drawn to like Irish kind of heritage or mythology. And I I never really like identify as Irish or kind of you know, there's lots of people I know have like Irish pride and uh, aren't we the greatest country in the world? I'm like, aren't we? We're not. (laughs) Uh, and, And you know, you think that you look towards the UK and the US and they've got much cooler TV and they've got much cooler music and everything's cooler. And even if you look to old mythology, you know, Greek and Norse mythology, it's like they have a bigger budget. In Ireland do you know like' an Irish <laughs> mythology it's like they had yeah. the Netflix budget um and but yeah, it's kind of like when i kind of came to scare into it i kind of figured out you kind of realized that I remember growing up in the eighties and nineties and it felt like the kind of ontological supernatural side of things were still there like i'm we're barely beyond in Ireland that generation who uh you know say well you can't you can't break a fairy thorn you know part of the story in the book and and, all, you know, genuine, like, you know, rumours about my, oh, my, my granny heard the Banshee last night, you know, all that sort mm. of stuff. Like, you know, when, when I was a kid hearing that. Uh, like, in my primary school, there was the room with the statues of angels, and the story was like, hey, did that did that angel change positions? You know, and like, I remember, can you convince yourself then, you know? And so it just kind of came to, like, well, it feels like it's the right atmosphere for, for it, and the raw materials are there for it. And, you know, talk about having the budget, you know, like, even in it to keep it that small town budget the, the the kind of the spooky stuff should be a little bit more homegrown and yeah. not yeah. the sort of thing that kind of blows up and there's big apocalyptic kind of like yeah, vort- vortices uh you know coming out of the town hall uh it should be that sort of thing where it's like enough people know it's happening but not enough that it's causing kind of like mass hysteria and kind of yeah. just keep it and, and that that level of sort of secretism and secrecy and and it's kind of small town chatter i think you know you, you keep that low scale you can kind of keep the mystery that low scale and you don't have to explain why the rest of the town or the country or the world doesn't know such a thing is happening um but there is there is there is like i think because it is that sort of very local supernatural um kind of folklore in ireland it the no matter where you go you've got something that you can kind of nick you know like and it's there there's there is lots of stories of like oh such and such a lodge was burnt down by the devil and you know it, it's yeah. never been able to repair the roof you know there's like you know genuine there's like you know 40 minutes from me there's a castle like that you know and but 40 minutes from everyone it's not the same castle there's just it's just really uh, you know the devil um showed up a lot in uh in like 17th century ireland it turned out
0: that's awesome that's awesome no and i like that local flavor that really grounds the horror i think in a way that yeah you're describing where it is important like that yes there's not mass media now cover because we we're in an era too where like yeah if there was <laughs> like, yeah. like a haunting going on like this would be a big deal we'll get exactly. a lot of coverage but when you ground it in that local flavor it's uh-huh. a very believable like kind of like small town scandal despite the fact that it's this totally, massive supernatural totally. thing and yeah, ireland, it,
1: ireland is a small town you know like it really is like it's yeah that's why, uh, you know, if we, if we get to do more, uh, like, hopefully we'll, we can cover bits of not, but, but, you know, there, there's, there's, you know, between like church scandals and stuff, and like all the church scandals were covered up by the police, and the police are working with the state. You know what I mean? And it was yeah. stuff that everyone knew was going on, but not really. And everyone knew an auntie that was taken away and came back with a baby or didn't come back with a baby, you know. And it is that that is an Irish thing. It's a small town thing, so people can identify with it, but it's very much because Ireland is that, you know, up until like 35 years ago. Or forty years ago, I suppose, there was only one T V channel, you know? Like we could get mm-hmm. the signals from the UK. So if, if you lived on the East Coast. But otherwise, you know, there really if if there was news in the country, everyone got the news. Um mm-hmm. but equally if there's a secret, everyone the secret. Everyone keeps the secret, you know. So
0: that's interesting yeah yeah oh yeah. no, that's it's great it's it, it and it, it's from someone's you know i have it from it i live in chicago in the midwest and in, in america so for yeah. me it is like it, it's a different perspective it's a different yeah. culture i have less familiarity with and that that adds to that's something i'm very interested in in comics and in storytelling because i'm like okay there's something new here that i don't know about i would like to learn more about it you know whatever but, it is
1: and did you you didn't find it uh, this is me like looking for approval but you, yeah, you didn't find it to uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah yeah that that was kind of a selling point to you more so than kind of an off-putting thing the, the, the Irishness, the fact that it was
0: yeah no for sure it, it it wasn't it wasn't like way over my head with like too much of it yeah. it was more just like oh, okay this is different this is unique this is interesting um and, and that's kind of why I asked about you know kind of this pagan spirituality and and sort of some of those details because that stuff i'm like you know mentioned like fairy folk and those sorts of things like that's not something I'm familiar with yeah but at the same time i can i can roll with those punches as this being yeah. uh horror and supernatural stuff exactly that yeah I'm not I'm not familiar with a lot of <laughs> supernatural what? horror, you know, so yeah, I'm like, but oh, neither okay. am I. I'm,
1: I'm exactly the same. I'm not like a horror guy. It's really weird. in it's mm-hmm. kind of but because I guess uh, fear is such a strong emotion. And by having kids, he end up that ends up get intensified, doesn't it? You know, you're, yeah, sort of like, yeah. you're like, oh, God, I've got, you know, really now I have really something to worry about. Like, you know, I'm not like the, it's not a negative thing to be concerned for your kids. But you realize uh, there's more at stake. And and that's obviously I know it's such a trite thing, and uh, in the same way as like no one likes people talk banging on about their babies and their kids on Instagram, you know, you you've got to tread a fine line when you're telling a story about, uh, you know, like a a, a child in danger, because I think a lot of readers. Uh, mm. Are a little bit. Who cares? <laughs> I think if it was a dog, you know, more people would kind of care. If it was a, yeah, uh, no. you know, if it was a good a heckin' good pupper, I think we would have sold way more. <laughs> uh, and maybe, maybe I need to think about that next time.
0: Yeah, you might be onto something there. I, I will say, as a parent of of two small kids, it yeah. definitely connects with me in a way that. But I, I do. Yeah, you're right. There's that weird thing of like, yeah, everybody's got a baby. Anybody can have one. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. And then
0: you throw a pet in the mix, and people are like, ah! "Do not hurt that dog! Do not hurt that dog!" Yeah. <laughs> I, I,
1: I am glad to hear that, that it's kind of, because I do try to, anything I work on, uh, like Scaring Hood, I worked very hard to try and make it as universal as I could to sort of like, you know, use the the strong ingredients to kind of build a story that maybe couldn't be told anywhere else mm-hmm. with the folklore elements and the kind of the, the small town mentality of Ireland, but hopefully making sure that at least the dialogue and the information conveyed by the characters was enough that you can read it no matter where you're from. I, it was something I would even try to do with my Transformers work when I wrote Transformers stuff uh because i'm not a big transformers fan obviously but i'm the sort of transformers fan that thinks that everyone should be a transformers fan and everyone is only one good story away from being a transformers fan uh and so Mm. i always tried to make when we transformers comics try to make good comics first that just happen to be about robots that turn into cars you Mm. know it doesn't you know you don't have to have a very interest in a shape-changing robot and what model of car they're trying to be invested in those stories i tried to imbue them with kind of you know emotional jeopardy and things like that and so that scared of the same way i kind of didn't want uh, the location, or uh, the, the kind of the accent, the written accent of the characters, to be um, a stumbling block. But hopefully, hopefully, I kind of balanced it the right way that it was legible and entertaining for anyone who, who read it.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's successful in that regard. And I also like, I think, too, if you pitch it in just like, oh, it's a ghost story, like as someone who is not like you like, I can't watch The Exorcist without being awake for four days. Yeah. You know, I'm like, well, mm. I don't know that I necessarily. But like if that that would be, I think, a misleading way to pitch it, because it's like, actually, it's a very funny, heartwarming story. Yeah, they are. They happen to be solving a ghost story. Right. Yeah, so it's exactly, like yeah. there's more to it than that. Um, you, you mentioned the Transformers bit, which I find really interesting in terms of like you honing the skills to obviously artistically as well, like you're, you're writing and drawing a lot of that record stuff. Um, But also like, I think building character in Transformers is something that kind of just blows my mind. Was that, what like kind of lessons or what kind of like skills do you think you brought from Transformers to Scarethood? Like what was kind of that, you know, transformation or do you not, do those actually feel like two very different paths to you?
1: I know that, that I think it's only, I think well, I only realized while I was speaking to you a minute ago about trying to make things universal, trying to make things accessible. It was actually the first time I had realized that that, that was something I set out to do with Transformers because it was kind of my first job in comics and it's my first writing job and because of how important the subject matter was to me that it was important that I, you know I try and convince you know if I can get my wife to read a Transformers comic then but I'm you know I'm, I'm winning. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so I think just that level of but I think even that kind of came from the Stanley idiom of every comic is someone's first comic, you know. Sure. Um, so I think if anything, it, it was that really. But then, but apart from that, just the basic building blocks of being able to kind of work to a schedule in comics and just being able, to, you know, working on storytelling and things like that. Uh, um, you know, like because Transformers is a bit more exciting visually than hood You know, Scarecrow is a bit <laughs> sure as we, you know, mentioned privileged uh, parents in South County Dublin. Um, a lot of time, you know, just kind of talking. So you kind of you've got to work hard there to make that interesting visually and so you know you've got to work on your character acting but i guess that's almost the same with the transformers because for a huge uh, audience like they, they don't care you know and it, the transformers themselves are very off-putting because depending on the artist and the writer on it um it doesn't mean they're bad artists or bad writers but depending on how the transformers are presented they're they're not appealing to everybody because they're going to see them as just machines uh yeah or you know they or they don't notice that there's a figure there because they're not looking at half the porsche that's hanging off the character you know and um right. and so and why why would you be interested in these characters and then you realize that but a good writer can make them relatable and a good artist can you know try and make them visually readable and visually accessible so i think just just that i think just making stuff accessible making stuff universal and and yeah but kind of having the blind confidence that uh you know if you if you do a good job people will like this
0: sure sure absolutely what what's the response been like so far for you from scared hood so you have all four issues have been released at the time we're recording this um again you kind of end on that cliffhanger I presumably looking to do a a, see i I have to say the fourth issue i thought it was four. like i I knew it was four issues Mm -hmm. right and then i was i was reading that last issue and i was like How's he going to wrap this up? <laughs> like, he's like, not. Until I got like <laughs> ten pages, left. and then I got to the end. It's like, oh, he's not. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a huge cliffhanger. Um, I, what's the response been like? Like, what kind of reaction yeah. have you gotten? What are you looking for moving forward with Scarecrow? oh
1: man, the response has been great. It's 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 weird because it's uh what it's about? I mean, obviously, it depends how you measure it, doesn't it? <laughs> but you know, uh, who who knows what 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 the sales sort of situation is like? But the response from people who've read it, and the response from like the industry, and the response from like kind of people. know like the cool kids in comics you know and they're like this is good and you know you did a good comic and um yeah yeah it's it's been it's been everything i kind of hoped for really it really has been i i I, you know you can always look back and sort of see i could have done that better but i know that there's none of it i could have done better at the time on the days that i made it you know Mm. Uh i'm so proud of i'm so proud of the work that chris put in especially chris halloran who's like you know like just he's working for every publisher now at this stage he's um and he's just he's just like a comic superstar and especially in the last two issues of scarecrow where the supernatural side of things ramp up you know if you know he moves things from like a leafy dublin suburb into like the really creepy special effects of the supernatural and right. uh, he can just he owns the mood in the comic you know like he's, he's kind of whatever work i'm doing with the writing and drawing like he's kind of he's like turning the screws uh with, with the atmosphere uh yeah it's been really good it seems like, there is nothing in stone yet about what the next, whether, you know, if we're definitely, definitely doing the next one, but I, w- I was encouraged to keep it open okay, by IDW. Sure. Um And yeah, that's kind of, it's, it's literally all I can say partially because that's kind of all that has been confirmed to me, but it's um, the, the indication from IDW is that I think they would like to do more. So if we can, if it's, if we look, if we look at the figures and make sure it's worth IDW's while and worth mine and Chris's while, then we'll be back because uh, it wasn't just like a sort of a cheeky tease. Well, it was those last couple of pages in issue four, but it also was, I have, I have a very good idea about where the characters go after this. Uh, and, and more importantly, what's gone on before uh, all this. You know, there's still lots of gaps to fill uh, filled in as right. to, you know, Flino's brother, but even the, you know, potential to cover up there and what kind of kept the big boy uh, demon like within that school and the origins of the school itself um uh, all that stuff is all mapped out and i really want to be able to kind of tell people more but yeah it's been got it's been it's been super well supported like especially by creators but by by sites like your own and just by readers who are just gone holy crap didn't know this was a thing uh like really really enjoyed it and yeah just very very proud of it there's never a project i ever kind of thought i'd be doing an irish supernatural comic especially after coming off transformers and doing some bits from marvel with spider-man and 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 death's head and things i always thought that my my creative own book would be superheroes or, or robots or superheroes and robots and possibly a spaceship and maybe some time travel and no yeah. it was about sort of like my day but with ghosts basically so yeah
0: yeah yeah no it's yeah. awesome I, I'm glad you got to make that transition because it has been enjoyable I if you had your pick like do you like how how far into the future do you have sort of a story mapped out or is it, is it all sort of internalized just sort of like oh I think I could do this I could do that
1: I was thinking about it the other day I, I think I think the story almost has to end chronologically within the universe maybe within a year or so i think uh like those kids are in that play school uh or are they still in the play school uh, you know they they, they can only really be they'll they'll age out they'll, they'll have to go to big school soon so the yeah, thing that right. keeps the gang together will has got like a time timer on them so i don't so that means you know i mean obviously if truckloads of money started showing up at my house, we could like wring every bit out of it and make it run <laughs> for years. But I, yeah. I I, could see, you know, I could see maybe possibly two or three more arcs to kind of get the story where I kind of needed to go. Um, cool. But it depends. I, I think when I initially kind of pitched it, I didn't know what IDW would accept or what any publisher would accept. Uh, so I kind of left it open saying, look, this could be a graphic novel or it could be uh, a miniseries or it could be like an ongoing series and if it had to kind of come out in that format i would have done much more episodic like the gang go to the woods today and this happens they and they would have met maybe smaller supernatural threats but with the the four issue kind of uh, format meant that we had to um really like ramp up the tension and have a kind of a, a more shocking beginning middle and end on over those few issues
0: very cool. Very cool. If you see me turning and uh, look like I'm clearly not listening and talking. No, I was trying to soak in corner, my uh, in a chair. It, <laughs> <laughs> my, my three-year-old uh, like- sitting in the room with me. Yeah
1: anything could happen in this store any second now dave so it's <laughs> i've got uh, yeah, yeah so you're you're you are right in the catchment area of scared with it with your own three-year-old then so you are oh yeah, yeah oh yeah, yeah absolutely
0: yeah. absolutely yeah. we we have not had like the daycare you know uh you know like social group yet because of all just the craziness of the pandemic and everything yeah. um but you know it's it's definitely that thing where i'm like okay that that's coming here soon uh hope, but, You know, but, gonna that, hopefully sooner.
1: but in some ways Scaredhood hit at the right time because the lead character is he's got like a kid and he's on his own for most of the story. And you find out why at the end of issue four, Um, but it's now universal of that whole trying to work while your kids are in the room. Do you know, like the whole planet understands it now. So, um, you know, basically what I'm saying, Dave, COVID is the best thing that ever happened to me.
0: Sorry. No, I'm (laughs) sorry. (laughs) I need, I need
1: to, I need to be more rambly with my answers. I'm sorry
0: no no you're perfect it's you're totally right I mean it's it's it, that that feeling of of um Cormac's like you know just that overwhelming like I'm trying to work I'm trying to raise a kid yeah it just takes on a whole new meaning uh, as we you know constantly like in my day job you know now it's like yeah I'm on zoom calls and people have their kids in the background and they're clearly distracted and it's like you know there's just a level of empathy with that too I think that is yeah, growing I hope so. for I people so. you know yeah I right so. I hope so Um the one other character that I found uh, I, I find all the characters quite good Um, but I Flino in particular definitely I think is you know, he's he's kind of the star of the show in a lot of ways, yeah. um, because he's got these wild conspiracy theories. This is something that I've talked about a lot with with a handful of creators, honestly, but like conspiracy theories, like they they're it's sort of like it used to be fun, yeah. it used to be like harmless, now yeah. it's kind of entered like a dangerous uh-huh. territory. Flinno finds a really nice balance between all that so. where it's like we can kind of enjoy it again. What was your what were your concerns with the character? And then, like, kind of what was your like how did you approach like how do we make him likeable yet like he believes all these mm-hmm. wild things you know
1: yeah i don't know i, th- I think because so like the story's kind of been in, like in my brain for the last kind of three years say and kind of like kind of has been in production for about two of those years but i felt even two or three years ago th- the level of dangerous conspiracy theories wasn't as high i mean it was still there it was definitely starting to gain momentum but it feels definitely over the last kind of 12 months it feels like it's that's kind of coalesced into oh no this is this is serious and not only is it serious it's dangerous kind of the people who are believing all these unchecked facts um but he he definitely came more of a place of he you're right he's he's kind of the star of the show uh for a couple of reasons partially because like he's like uh the emotional impetus for a lot of what goes on with the story um but that was—it was kind of unintentional because I like he's—he's he's the one character that's kind of based on people that I wouldn't necessarily gravitate to in real life, sure, uh, yeah. and have maybe gravitated away from, and it's. Um, and but the more I wrote him, the more I found him endearing because he could say stupid stuff. And uh, that was funny. And so that you know, you could feel that the page was asking for more of him. That's such a wankery writer way of doing things. Same thing. But you know, it's true, you can sort of see that's that's you know, when things get tense, that's what this story needs, and he's providing that. And then I think by the fact that the stuff he's into is so outlandish, you know, it's kind of like even Chris and I spoke a little bit about it. Uh, over the last year, that we think that you know Flinno is into all this stuff, and you know he believes that there's, uh, you know, secret militias underneath Phoenix Park in Ireland. But he'd yeah. also, he'd also, he also believes that COVID isn't a hoax. You know, we were sort of trying to figure out the, is COVID yeah, anti- yeah. like no, I think or is, is Flinno like anti-mask? Like no, he's not. I think he's we wouldn't want him to be that. You know, it's it's we don't want him to be like anti-vax and anti-mask and all that sort of stuff and anti-immigrant yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, you're right. I suppose it's by keeping him in the the kind of the harmless sort of thing but you know like his his quests and his belief in conspiracy theories is because well you know he's in some ways he's the molder uh, literally the molder of of a spider, yeah you know like it's his sibling that's kind of gone missing and it's his he's fallen into uh, all these conspiracies, but very much a, like, again, like a lower budget version of Mulder, you know, <laughs> he, yeah. he, the, 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 the cake mix he's fallen into isn't quite as ripe as, uh, as the stuff that, that, that Fox Mulder is investigating. And so he kind of is getting the kind of the dodgy end of the stuff. A... well the wild
0: thing with Flinno, too is like at the end of the day he's right I know. <laughs> like his, his like his conspiracies do test out and you, like his he's like emotionally impacted you're like pretty heavily mm-hmm. yeah. because it is his brother you yeah. know who who's or at least the form of his brother right yeah, theres, there's exactly. a yeah. and it's it's it is an effective thing where it's like yeah it's that thing of like okay I don't think this is a person this is a person in the real world probably I would be like Keep my distance, 100%. but then you kind of you kind of get to know them, and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, oh man, yeah you, it. Like, yeah, you got yeah. me, like yeah, yeah, I know. You know?
1: But it, and I say it got me as well. It's kind of like it almost felt like almost felt like a real writer, <laughs> you know, with that sort of sense <laughs> where you know a character kind of moves away from what you thought they were, or you kind of think that they're going to be the the. the to be laughed at and then you realize that they're kind of to be empathized with by the end of it so like uh yeah no he's 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 good fun he's good fun as long as you kind of keep him on the harmless side of of the conspiracy theories you know so kind yeah. of a, like in an ideal world he would have had a letter column where he he answered readers kind of questions about like real life conspiracy Ooh. theories i think would that'd be fun done. yeah yeah yeah.
0: would be good do you consider yourself a writer first or an artist first or has it always been a, a merger of both for you
1: um yeah, if I went full wanker here, I'd be like, actually Dave, I'm a storyteller. Uh sure, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's I don't know. I I there, I don't know. I when I was a kid, like sort of five, six, seven, eight years of age, I started writing stories. Um and like they were Transformers comics, uh, but they started off as story books. I didn't realise if you just add sort of the words coming out of a character's mouth and you know, have the story change over sequences, you've created the comics. So I kind of I was my stories were my, my drawings always had a story attached to them. Um, but then I kind of thought, when I was trying to break into comics, like in the late 90s and early 2000s, and I kind of I got my start in 2005, even back then it seemed to be quite rare that an artist would ink themselves, it was very much a penciler and inker sort of team. Um, yeah. And with Transformers I got the chance, because they're just such a nightmare to render, that people were like, Well, you just ink them as well? So I always thought <laughs> I could only ever be one thing in comics and it would just be a penciler. Or- And then I got to be pencil or inker. And then I actually got to color a little bit, not much, because I'm not very good at it, but of my stuff. And it's like, oh, okay. And then in IDW, uh, they were going to create a series of spotlights to kind of focus on some of the ancillary characters in Transformers. And they were looking for a few different writers that weren't the main writer, Simon Furman, to write uh, those. And they asked me, did I know anyone? And then I was like, hang on and yeah. i kind of like got like a level of kind of trust with chris ryle the editor-in-chief at the time He like I knew i knew my onions transformers wise and he knew kind of that i knew how to write like i knew how to write words um and so yeah so the writing thing was i was as surprised as anyone else that i would i got to write comics but even though i had been writing as a kid and i had written uh you know like plays and kind of like uh you know kids shows and for the stage back here in ireland uh yeah Um, yeah, so I don't know but it's weird when I'm coming up with a story they're kind of coming hand in hand like I don't kind of necessarily design the characters and then write a story for them or just write a load of notes and then go okay I need characters designed I kind of when I'm kind of plotting out the story rather than just dictate it like onto the page i'm i'm literally thumbnailing it as we go so i'm kind of getting a sense of kind of the shapes and the figures and like that it's uh so i don't know i mean yeah. I, i'm actually look hoping this year to maybe start getting into writing for other people uh so uh just uh, because that's the one thing like writing is if it, writing and drawing are both hard but it is less time consuming to write than it is to draw a comic you know you, you could yeah. write yeah. you can write four comics in the time it takes you to draw one so uh I'm not gonna ever get a chance to draw all my ideas, so I'm gonna see which one of my ideas I like less and pawn it off on of some other artist, you know. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs>
0: The luxury as you, as you progress. It, do yeah. you ever get mad at yourself as yeah. a, like, as an artist and a writer where you're like, why did oh, I, why is oh, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, yeah, right.
1: literally do you, do you hate yourself? Yes. Dave. We,
0: we've entered the therapy portion of the <laughs> yeah, interview. Time. Yeah.
1: Okay. I'm going to just recline here. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I do. I do a little bit, but I try and, I try and budget for, I try and give myself an easy time both ways. Like, you know, but it's, it's you know, when you're kind of writing, you can sort of trick yourself into going. I can leave this for me to draw, you know, when I get to it. And then, like, a month later, when I've got to draw the thing, it's like there's no real notes for it. But, or it's like a really complicated splash page and it just says, go mad here. And it's like, oh, great. Mm. I've got to go mad here today. Sometimes, like, when I've kind of broken down, uh, kind of the story a bit more granularly, like in the writing stage, and I've done my little thumbnails, then, like, artist to me is very happy. Uh, you know, gotcha. I do try, I do try and not, uh, because, you know, like I think you hear often it is like that, uh, oh, comics are unlimited. They've got unlimited budget. And it's like, that's not true. Uh, your your mm. budget is your artist's time. And, yeah, yeah. you know, if, you're, if, if it's 20 pages of six-panel apocalyptic battle scenes with multiple characters in each one, um, right. your artist is going to run out of, like, mental real estate. Um, so I try and give myself, like, a couple of pages where it's maybe not exactly just talking heads, but maybe there's nothing too strenuous going on in there, you know? Sure. So sure, I don't get no, mad at no. myself just to bring it back to your question.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got to pace it out. Cool. So, all right. So we'll be looking for more scaring hood here, hopefully in the future. What else do you have coming up? Uh, any projects or things that you're excited
1: to plug or even or just tease? I, yeah. Well, it's something um, that sort of like, that's always really, annoying when you ask a creator what are they doing it's like I can't tell you yet and it's like literally because they can't tell you yet they're not every
0: every time yeah no every time I've had so many lately too where um I ask and they're like I can't say anything and then like a week later there's like huge announcements I'm like I was so close I was so close
1: close. I honestly don't know when any of my announcements I think we're a long way for a week so I'm currently uh not working in comics I'm working I'm doing some character design for animation Oh, cool. and i'm very 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 happy about it something it's not it's not like because there's nothing new anymore anyway dave so it'll be something that is a reboot of a reboot of a reboot so it's something that everyone will know <laughs> uh so but it's yeah. it's it's a project that i'm very very happy to be part of and i'm very glad Good. that's a kind of the for. and then i i think i am writing something for idw soon as well i can i'm drawing a I can, i'm drawing a cover for the beast wars comic there you go i can that's the one thing uh yeah. i can sort of uh, admit to at the moment and then Skerrington has kind of opened up a few other doors that that isn't necessarily in comics as well. So it's going to maybe see if I can see what lies for me there. But like having said that, like the, the things I'm doing at the moment, like the, the the animation gig is like, it's 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 a dream come true gig, but it's uh, it's, it's not comics. And I, it turns out that my true love is comics, you know, and it's kind yeah. of, and even though comics are longer hours and they don't pay as well and they don't pay off as well. And. They're harder and they take you away from your family you know for longer it's kind of when you realize when you're doing another job even if it's a fun one you're sort of like ah, oh, it's but the the autonomy of comics of being able to kind of control more aspects of it and just being able to kind of like put more of yourself into the story is kind of really so so whatever i'm doing now i'm, I'm hoping it won't keep me from comics and, and not for long and like as long as there's a chance as long as you know terms and deals and uh the conditions are right between me and idw and chris for more scaring there will be more scaring if we can because I, awesome. I really i'd like out of anything i've done i would love to make scaring my full-time day job and not do anything else you know that'd be great that's the dream
0: yeah yeah perfect perfect ending all right cool nick this was a pleasure uh, i was so getting to talk to you i think everybody should check out scaring we'll include links to all the fun stuff in the show notes um nick is there anything else you want to plug where people can find you before we uh, before we let you go
1: no, I don't know. if People want to find me, especially because all I do is like you know, just bang on and shout about it the whole time. So that's basically <laughs> what Twitter is. Find you out in the
0: street shouting about, uh, shouting about it, a sandwich about
1: board <laughs> bellowing. Uh, but that's that's what Twitter is. It's like a shop window, isn't it? For him? yeah, pretty much. So uh, so yeah, no, I'm I'm at Nick Roach on Twitter. Uh, it's kind of and because I'm working on stuff in all that's all NDA'd up to the Wazoo at the moment. This. You're not going to find much from me there at the moment apart from me telling people that scared is all four issues are out so you can ask your retailers for hard copies or comiXology is a place to sort of get them to so get them onto your tablet and kind of cozy up uh, with all these inclement weather conditions and uh, enjoy an irish ghost story about ghost hunting parents i guess but thanks so much for your time and like again the support that and the shout outs that you've kind of been giving us for on, on the site for scared because it's if it's not for sites like you and if it's not for the kind of word of mouth from the readers and from like the support of creators and retailers no one would know about the book so uh, thank you so much